0: This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. So last week, we talked about an ugly topic, a dirty topic, that was sin. We defined it as the refusal to submit to God's design for flourishing which can maybe seem like we're kind of taking away from the the seriousness of it. But there's another definition that we have to sin, which would be what, Connor?
1: Yeah, we're going to hit you with the two-parter, Mr. 2.0 this week. Let me just elaborate on that point quickly, if you don't mind. Because I really, really, really wholeheartedly believe in the definition of sin that we put forth. That sin is refusal to submit. To God's design for human flourishing, that that, that God has created you to flourish. God has created you for abundant and eternal life. And the desire of God is for you to walk in that through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, by being reconciled and redeemed unto him and into him being one with Christ. I believe that with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think that that's true. And I think we can prove that easily from scripture. I know for a fact though, Once we start talking about abundant life, once we start talking about flourishing, and once we start defining sin as the refusal to submit to God's design for human flourishing, the pushback that I'm going to get is, bro, you're softening sin. You're weak, dog. You're weak. You're bowing to culture, son. That's a popular narrative within. And if you've never heard any of that, praise God, stay off of Twitter and don't. Don't dive into the little subculture of Christian Twitter because bruh, we get nasty. It's
0: a deep dark dive. It's a deep
1: dark dive. I have I've had to get off. It's too dark. It's too dark. It makes me too angry and bitter. Real talk. Um so I, I want to be clear that the definition that we're gonna set forth in this podcast is I think equally as true as is, is our first definition.
0: It's a dichotomy.
1: Yes, two things that seem two things that are one and true yet seem to be different. That's a dichotomy. Come on, somebody. And so here's here's what we're gonna say that sin also is. This is our definition. Part two. Part part two. Drum roll in your own mind. Here we go. Sin is an affront against the holiness of God. A damning neglect of the holiness of God. And we're getting serious. Yeah. Because sin is serious. And so uh, that's why I think we wanted to handle this in two parts. And sorry, we're, we're jumping in right off the bat and we're getting heavy and we're getting weighty. But we know that you can handle this, warrior. So so stick with us and ask the Spirit to give you wisdom. The reason why we want to do this again in two parts is because because sin is serious. Sin is serious and we don't like to talk about it. And we don't like to consider its implications. But the scripture is clear and unavoidable. And I think that this, again, as much as I do wholeheartedly believe that sin can and should be defined as refusing to submit to God's design for human flourishing, you cannot escape the reality of the scriptures. That the holiness of God is the why behind why we should not sin. Or like the holiness of God is being neglected and disrespected when we do engage in sin.
0: Something that just came to my mind was that when we talk about like last week that God had set boundaries for Adam and Eve, and they went outside of those boundaries, which was them refusing to submit to God's design for flourishing because he had given them a wonderful garden and a wonderful earth to cultivate and create um, a beautiful and wonderful place to live. And when they went outside of those lines, the consequence for doing so was, was death. So that therein is like going back to the original definition, refusal to submit to God's design for flourishing brings about this very ugly and serious consequence, which is due to the offense that that has been caused upon God, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yes,
1: 100% makes sense. And you're right. We we ain't playing no games here. (laughs) We ain't playing no games. This is a serious thing. This is a very serious thing. And God is serious about it. God is so serious about sin that he himself took the judgment that we deserve for our sin through Christ on the cross. God took it upon himself. He's so serious about it that he was willing to die in order to defeat sin forever. So this is a serious thing and obviously it's awkward and obviously no one likes to talk about it and it's super offensive to tell somebody that they're a sinner. It's super offensive to broach the topic of sin with people. It naturally makes us bristle. We naturally hate it that's because we're sinners.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always like that thing where, where you, you really hate to hear the truth about yourself. It, it makes you angry, you
2: yeah. know? Well, my team and I received this email from my boss today and she said, wow, well, this is unacceptable. And it was like, ouch, that hurts, you know? And even though we didn't really know her expectations for this specific project, the truth is we didn't meet these standards. <laughs> that's, that's a
1: word that stings, unacceptable.
0: Unacceptable, but sin is unacceptable in mm. God's eyes.
1: Come Ouch. on. Sister. Yeah. Come on. Okay. That'll preach. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That'll preach. But yeah, it's it is. It's this natural thing where when we get told the truth or when we when we get like exposed, if you will, then it just hurts it man. Does, yeah. It just stings and we absolutely hate it. Everything within us hates it. So here we are. We're talking about like, the example Mara just provided, being told the truth, being told something hurtful, or the truth, I guess, you didn't meet the standard. Like, this happens to us in the military all the time, too, right? You didn't meet the standard. They call it unsat. Have you ever heard that? Do no, you, I you have you not. That? That's yeah. what they say, I guess. What does that stand for? Like unsatisfactory. Oh. But okay. you just look at somebody and you say, unsat. <laughs> and that's, like, the worst insult you can give. Like, after you run a mission or something, or after you go through, like, a house or, you know, whatever you're doing, and then you get out and the instructor looks at you and says... On sat. You're like, gosh darn it.
2: <laughs> well, in Portuguese, we would say abaixo acima, which means push-ups.
1: So. Mm, that's good. Yeah, Same they thing. definitely say that. Same too. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just one look at you. Push. <laughs> that's when you know you've really messed up when, like, a drill instructor or a drill sergeant or just, like, your commanding officer doesn't scream, but they're mad. You know, like, they're so mad that they're not even screaming. They just can't even say anything except push Start pushing (laughs) You just have to do push-ups until they just cool off But what we're saying is Being exposed hurts when you don't meet the standard And you're told that you don't meet the standard It hurts, it stings And we know that So we want to be sensitive to that And also, we love you, warrior And therefore we want to tell you the truth And this reality in scripture is unavoidable That God is holy Our triune God, Father, Son, Spirit one God, one divine essence, eternally existing in three distinct persons is holy, holy, holy. Amen. And that reality is unavoidable. Also, we will never meet that standard. We will never be holy, holy, holy on our own power. Because of Christ, we can be holy. And praise God for that, and praise God for the gospel that we're gonna talk about here in the next coming weeks. But, so through Christ, we can be holy, but on our own, our own righteousness, never gonna cut it. You're never gonna be a good enough person To earn approval before a holy, holy, holy triune God. Never going to happen. So you, warrior, are unsat, unsatisfactory. And that hurts, and that stings, and we don't like it. And so instead of keep talking about it, we're just going to read some scriptures that talk about it, (laughs) all right? But the, the importance of this is to understand the holiness of God. That's what we're trying to communicate here, the holiness of God. We're not trying to harp on... How unsat you are, because guess what, warrior? I'm unsat also. Because of Christ, we're not, thankfully, and that's the gospel, and we'll get there. So always keep the gospel at at the back of your mind. There is hope in Christ, but without Christ, we are hopeless. And so we just we want to paint this picture because it's important and it's unavoidable in Scripture that God is holy, 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 and we do not meet that standard. So. Isaiah chapter 6.
0: And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Time out. Okay.
1: I'll just do a quick time out. Okay. Just like an NFL coach on the (laughs) sidelines. Um, So just to set the context here, Isaiah is a prophet, and he's seeing a vision. So he says, in the in the year that King Uzziah died, this is when this happened, I saw the Lord. He's saying, I saw a vision of the Lord in the temple. He said, I saw seraphim, which are their created being. You could You could think angel, and that's true, but they're a created heavenly being from God, and they exist to worship God, apparently, because they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. So we see Isaiah having this vision. He sees the Lord, and he sees these angels around the Lord praising the Lord for his holiness please continue.
0: Okay. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is filled of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord
1: almighty. Boom. Notice the reaction of a human being who encounters the living God
0: unclean i'm -hmm. unclean woe is me Mm -hmm. i am
1: unclean so what we really see isaiah doing here and this is what you have to understand about the holiness of god isaiah is saying i am not like you i am not like that Hmm. i am not isaiah is overwhelmed with this vision of the lord who is holy 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 whom angelic beings spiritual beings that belong to the spiritual realm are surrounding the lord's throne and praising him day and night singing, you are holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah sees this vision and and falls on his face like a dead man and says, I am not like that. I am a man of unclean lips, I am not clean, I am not holy, holy, holy. And so this is, like in my little nerd world of, of systematic theology, this is the most important distinction and I think the foundation of the doctrine of God within systematic theology is that God is entirely other than, we are part of the creation. So that creator creation distinction is massive. That God is so big, so glorious, so full of grandeur, so holy, holy, holy. He is entirely different than anything in creation. And 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 what happens when I say sees us? He doesn't say, "Hey, what's good, God?" and dap him up. He doesn't go up and and start dancing before me. Doesn't start even singing, which obviously are good things. And I think in heaven we will dance and and all that stuff and eat food. Come on, somebody. But what he does when he sees God is fall like a dead man and say I am not like that because you are holy and so what we want you to see from this passage is the holiness of God continuing on in okay. this theme of the holiness of God we're going to look at uh, a passage because that was from the Old Testament that was right. Isaiah now let's look at the new first Peter
0: okay so this is first Peter 1 13 through 16 Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy.
1: So what we see there is is pretty cool. Peter says, for it is written. And then you see quotation marks, right? Yeah. Because he's quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting the Old Testament, where on repeat, this happens on more than one occasion, where God says to the Israelites, be holy, because I am holy.
2: Yes, and I think this really brings us back to the imago day, where we were created in the image of God, and we're invited to participate in this relationship, in this personal relationship with Him. And because of that, we have hope, and one day through obedience through christ we'll be able to be holy again
1: yes yes dude i love that i love bringing the imago day in because that's the story of the bible god did create us in his image which we've talked about on this podcast right what that means is to be god's representative his ambassador so we are to be holy as god is holy as his representative here on earth we fell humanity fell we we fall short because of our sin And and that fractures our ability to fulfill that commission But because of the obedience of Christ, we can be holy. Because Christ was obedient on our behalf, died on the cross, took the punishment for sin that we rightfully deserve, rose from the grave victorious and promises to one day come again and restore all things through our faith in Christ, through our faith in Christ's obedience on our behalf, uh, we can be holy. But you're right. What we see here again in this passage is God is holy and he's inviting us to be like him. He's inviting us to discover our original purpose that he created us for was to be his representative and ambassador here on earth.
2: Yes, and we followers of Christ, we can say that we're justified in him through his blood.
1: I love that. And so that's New Testament, that's Peter. He's quoting the Old Testament though, so let's go back to the Old Testament, because that's where the good stuff's so, at. Flip on back. We're going to first 1 chronicles sixteen twenty-nine. Again, what we're trying to discuss here, what we're trying to get across is the holiness of God.
0: So the NIV that I have says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness.
1: Come on, somebody. That's exactly what I was hoping I could trust Don Carson and the new NIV to get that across. Read just that first sentence again, please. Sure.
0: Uh, 29, let me see.
1: Just the first sentence.
0: Ascribe to the Lord the
1: glory due his name. Ascribe, which means to give, to render, to the Lord... The glory due his name.
0: That means what he's owed. He's God, owed the glory.
1: by his nature, is owed due all glory and honor and praise because he is holy, holy, holy. I love that sentence. Ascribe to the Lord. Give to the Lord. Render unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. The glory that he deserves because he is holy, holy, holy. He is awesome. He is great. He is wonderful. And what is so outrageous in our sin, when we do miss the mark, is is that we fall short of His holiness and we are not giving God His proper due. We're not giving Him the glory, the honor, the praise that He is due, that He deserves when we choose to disobey Him, when we choose to rebel against Him, when we choose to carve out our own path to flourishing.
2: It really amazes me when we talk about God and how holy He is. And we are actually being invited to be part of this whole story. Yes. You know, it, it really amazes me to be loved like God loves us.
1: Yes. One more verse, Romans five, eight. Because like you said, Mara, so so what we're trying to do is communicate the seriousness of sin, right? This is a right. this is a foundational doctrine of the Christian faith, is that human beings are sinners. So let's actually go through the Romans road a little bit, if you're at all familiar with that. So, so let's go Romans 3.23. I'm sorry, we're okay. flipping all over the place. 3.23? Yep, 3.23. So again, let's just let's just walk through this. The scripture will speak for itself. And um, warrior, if you're still sticking with us, we appreciate you and may you be blessed in the Lord. Romans 3.23.
0: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God.
1: Romans 6.23.
0: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord.
1: And then Romans 5.8 to close.
0: But God demonstrates his own love in, in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
1: So does that make sense? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, us three at this table, every single one of you listening, we have fallen short of the holy, holy, holy standard of our glorious God. And that's a big deal. And Romans 6.23 communicates that that's a big deal. For the wages of sin is death.
0: It hasn't w- changed
1: since Adam. Has not changed. Again, we're not playing games. This is this is serious business. So the wages, what we're owed, what we're paid, what we're given for our sin is death. That's what we deserve. So think about that. All have sinned and sin leads to death. Therefore, if life were fair, all of us would die eternally. And yet the second half of that verse, Romans 6, 23, but the free gift of God is life flourishing, eternal life in Christ Jesus. And Romans 5, 8, captures the point that you just made, Mario, that God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in our disobedience, while we were in our rebellion, while we were trying to carve out our own path to flourishing and saying, God, I don't need you, I don't need to listen to you, I'm gonna do my own thing. God said, I'm gonna die for you because I love you. I'm gonna take the sin that you have um, done against me, committed against me, and I'm gonna count it as guilt against myself so that you could spend eternity with me because I love you.
0: Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.